When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, do you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay. My name is Aparna Nancharla. I'm a comedian in New York, and that's primarily what I do, I would say. Yes. I'm. Well, I'm uh, Joe. I'm also a comedian in New York. I spend a lot of time face down in the bath. I'm more of a shower person. Well, have you tried a bath recently? No, I don't. I only have a shower. Um, oh. I could try to lie down in it, but I think <laughs> I wouldn't be able to stretch out. You should out. come over. I won't. You know, you can have the whole place to yourself if you want. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Unladylike, the show where we find out what happens when women break the rules. While face down in the bath. (laughs) I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. But today is a special day, Kristen, for it is Galentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day, Caroline. Well, happy Galentine's Day to you, too, Kristen. You know, I really wish that Galentine's was a thing when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. Because Valentine's was murder. Murder. (laughs) So much pressure, especially as a high schooler. Like, who's going to be my Valentine? Like, oh, if I give somebody a Valentine, is it going to mean something? If I don't get any Valentines, what does it mean? Oh, the school would sell carnations, white, pink, and red. Oh. And it was a private school. So those kids were always throwing down all sorts of money for just buku bouquet. And, <laughs> you know, it was a whole thing of like, who was going to get a red one from a guy who was going to get a pink one or who like me, I, I was a total nerd. So I only got white ones. <laughs> but if Galentine's had existed, you know, it would have been it would have been easier. Well, I mean, I just think it's a great excuse to be able to celebrate your gal pals. Like even if you are dating women like galentines is something different like, wait you can date women and also have friends with women you, yeah newsflash Hang on. like even if your valentine's day is not the most like heteronormative awful rom-com trope like galentine's day is such a wonderful excuse to be like i'm just getting together with my gals and that's why today we want to celebrate by having an all-out gal friendship fest with one of our favorite comedy pal duos, Joe Firestone and Aparna Nantrilla. I think I was intimidated by no, you. No, that's yeah. not true. Well, I, I was. was intimidated by you, Well, obviously. I found most of my friendships start with mutual intimidation. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Caroline, <laughs> same story as our friendship. <laughs> Actually, it is. It is. It truly is. Uh, but if you... Don't already know them. Joe Firestone and Aparna Nancherla are the hosts of a hilarious, pretty absurd web series called 
womanhood. Yeah, and they also run a weekly stand-up show at Littlefield in Brooklyn, and they do their own comedy work on TV, on podcasts, and basically all over the internet. We are so excited to get to share Valentine's Day with Aparna and Joe, because what better day to talk womanhood, maxi-pats, and female friendship? Yes! And it's also the perfect time to really sort of lean in to our female awkwardness and just get honest about our hang-ups. And that's why, Caroline, this is the perfect episode to debut our first installment of a special segment called Ask a Grandma. Because, y'all, our unladylike inboxes are full of so many questions from all of you, so many life advice questions. I mean, y'all are already getting honest (laughs) about your female (laughs) awkwardness um, in your emails to us. So we wanted to reach out to someone who has more life experience than we do. And you know what, Caroline? We have no grandparents, you and I. (laughs) Nope, they're dead. They are all dead. So we found uh, found kind of a surrogate grandma. Yeah, we searched high and low to find y'all the best, most unladylike grandma out there. And we think we succeeded. So stick around after our convo with Aparna and Joe so that you can hear our first Ask a Grandma segment. So grab a Bev and lie face down in the bath, or however you like to gal pal out, and settle in for this chat. So for starters, tell us about your teens in three words or less. Who are my teens? Uh, Awkward feels like it's overused word. What's another better word for awkward? Stunted. 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 Gnarled. Stumpy. Stumpy. Three words. He's very tree based. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Joe? Yeah, I would do. A, I'd say maybe like Gatorade, blue Gatorade, and then I just have to come up with one more word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would make three. Dad, <laughs> uh, can't read. That's two words. <laughs> Sorry. That's four words. <laughs> well, oh, illiterate. There you go. Now let's move on to your 20s. Is this podcast going to reveal how old we are? Because we thought that was not going to be discussed. Yeah. We were told- Yeah, we're going to go up all the way into the 50s. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Getting- we're going decade by decade. <laughs> we have a huge issue with this if this game st- doesn't stop after this next round. Okay, 20s. Uh, you got yours, Joe? Yeah. Uh, improv comedy auditions. Whoa. Yep. All right. Lots of mice. I had a lot of mice in the 20s. Three words or less. (laughs) Well, I was explaining myself. For someone who doesn't know me, I thought maybe I need a little background. Gosh, you are full of attitude. We accept. It's terrifying. Those are my three, full of attitude. (laughs) Clearly, y'all have had some wild times, lots of mice, um, a lot of gnarled stunting um yeah <laughs> like what shaped your as kids what what shaped your your humor and how did your what role did your parents play like to read a lot and i think that led to a lot of alone time and so i think my sense of humor primarily developed independent of an audience <laughs> did your parents think you were funny mm, i don't think so i think they thought i was like a quiet kid they like, did tell some funny stories about you, though. But like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think I had a reputation for being sillier, but I, yeah, I guess we weren't like a household where it was like we love to laugh. It wasn't, <laughs> one, it wasn't one of those families. Now, Joe, 
Punderdome fans are probably familiar with your dad's sense of humor. So, yeah, for you, how did your dad and your family influence your humor? I don't I think I spent a lot of my youth uh, being pretty embarrassed of my family. I like I remember asking to drop me off like blocks before I had to be there. And um, like my dad would always do whenever like he used to come to my school and do magic tricks at, at recess. <laughs> and then he would like do magic tricks when I would bring people over at high school. And it's like we just wanted to hang out, you know. I just remember a lot of times being like, "Oh God, I hate this," and um, and I kind of that's kind of been my approach to life uh, <laughs> as well. So it's kind of, I guess, coming from that place of kind of like figuring out how to be mortified almost constantly. I was going to ask Joe whether um, there was a point when that family embarrassment, when where you if if you ever began to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Still pretty embarrassed. Um, my my dad, one time he went to a, a Wendy's. We were driving to Chicago, and he went to a Wendy's, and I was in the backseat. My mom was there, and he ordered my mom chicken nuggets, and it comes with five, and then they realized while they were back on the highway that it only came with four, so they are missing a nugget. And then my dad got off the highway at the next stop and pulled over to the next Wendy's and asked for an extra nugget, which is not okay because they're privately franchised. And I just remember thinking this is the worst thing in the world. And then um, he still threatens to go to Wendy's and ask for an extra nugget. Even now, and I scream and make a real (laughs) hissy fit. One time he went through a drive-thru and he leaned over to the person he was paying and he goes, I got to get a few more napkins. My girlfriend's a little on the sloppy side. Jesus. And I was sitting in the front seat. Oh, <laughs> no. It was so terrible. Uh, I'm wondering how you guys met and started working together. Joe, did I first do, I judged at Penderdome. Mm-hmm. And I think I was intimidated by no, you. No, that's yeah. not true. Well, I, I was. was intimidated by you. Well, obviously. I found most of my friendships start with mutual intimidation. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So what were your first impressions of each other? I truly thought you were a magician with words. I couldn't believe it. You were so good. I couldn't believe it. Well, so, so uh, why work as a pair? I mean, you guys could have just been, just been comedy pals. I think it was like Refinery29 where... where we ended up doing womanhood. They were maybe looking for, like, comedy ideas. Right. I yeah. remember talking to Julie Miller, who put, produced the whole show, and I was like, she was like, oh, if you ever want to do a show here, just let me know. And then I was like, it'll never happen. There was no way. But then it did happen. It was so good. So and fun. it did come together very, you know, just like a sudden, like it. we did it all in a weekend. Like, it mm-hmm. seemed like it was very quick that mm-hmm. we filmed a bunch of them. And here's one of those womanhood clips that had us legit LOLing. Hi. Oh, welcome. Today, we're going to talk about puberty. What a horrible time. Get ready. We're going to tell you everything to expect when you're expecting puberty. Puberty. Uh, Your period will arrive usually on an occasion when it's not convenient. Expansion of the hips. The hips are going to get wider than you ever felt was possible. Acne on your face because of changing hormones. Your nipples are going to expand wider, faster, and longer. Body hair. You're taking all the body hair? Body hair in your pits. 
uh, not your knee pits, your armpits. Meats are going to taste different. You may develop cat-like reflexes. But your thoughts are going to go slower. Sometimes your feelings will develop their own web presence. Uh-oh, Uh-oh we're, we're out, out of time. time. I feel like with Joe, I found that because Joe is comfortable with discomfort, I felt like I could be comfortable around her. <laughs> well, so tell us what you guys wanted to accomplish with the Womanhood series. Like, how did it come about and why that concept? I think I just wanted to do something where you show how to put in a tampon. That was like the only thing I wanted <laughs> to do. And then you started with that idea. And that was it. But then mm. it became so much more through collaboration. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, the puberty one was that first. Mm-hmm. Is that the first one? I still think about how you said it. Puberty. <laughs> puberty. Well, so where did your ideas about womaning come from? Were you were you given any guidance as kids or was it more like me where I was just kind of left to to wing it and my ideas about womaning came from like romance novels and magazines? My parents were both doctors so I feel like I had sort of a access to like a lot of medical textbooks and stuff and then I think my mom went over like the how like babies are made when I was like 10 maybe but there was beyond that it was just like school sex ed and Joe, what about yeah, you? I think that, I, well, I remember the first penis I saw was in the movie Blue Lagoon. <gasps> Brooke Shields and Mr. Feeney. And I remember, <laughs> Mr. Feeney. I remember being shocked, shocked by it. But then I I think that uh, my, my mom was like really late to doing that. And she just gave me a book to read. And then um, I was just, I think I was always just so embarrassed by everything that yeah. happened to my body. Still, I'm so embarrassed by it. I'm like, I can't believe it's coming out of me. Please stop it. Please stop it. And it's just like, it's like a strong source of comedy. But I remember like my friends would give me a lot of advice. I remember asking my friend's older sister, Leah, like, how do you French kiss? Because I remember I was about to French kiss someone and we had it planned. And uh, we were going to French kiss on the field trip. And then I was like, how do you do it? And Leah was like, here's what you do. You put your tongue in their mouth and then you spell out the whole alphabet. What? And that is a (laughs) terrible feeling. It's really, it lasts forever. You're really moving quickly. (laughs) That is so long. And it's so much activity. I mean, that's a lot of tongue action going on. And they're like, did you just spell the alphabet? I'm like, in cursive? Wait, wait, wait. I got to get through T-U-V. I love, I actually got made fun of uh, by a, a female friend of mine when I was a kid because I would only shave like to mid thigh and she thought that you were supposed to shave like I don't know all the way to your hip or something I don't know to your neck and and I was made fun of for that (laughs) that's that's not right but also it's like who's who's looking there you know I feel like girls at that age do shame each other a lot because they're just trying to prove that they know more than the the other one because I feel like in gym class it would always be like who shaved their armpits and who's still Breastfeeding, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had I had a back brace that I wore in middle school, and I remember the gym really? locker room was the worst oh, part. It's so bad because I wanted to pretend like I was normal, but I just never changed because I because then I'd reveal that I had a back brace. So how did you get around not changing? I would change when everybody else left really fast. 
but it was so gross. This back brace was, like, so big. Wow. It cut me off right above the vagina, so all of my stomach fat kind of went down to the vagina. What? It just, like, it was forced down. That was the only was way it, out. Was it, like, Spanx? It was, like, Spanx for the torso. Okay. So all the fat came pushed down, mm-hmm. so it looked like I had, like, a little bubble vagina, you know, and then all of the, everything else, it, it just kind of popped, puffed up. It so it was, like, like a, a tube. Where everything was squished up yes. or down. Yes, it was like a beautiful cabaret dancer in the <laughs> French 1940s. It's exactly what they knew. Genitals, breasts. There you go. You got it, gentlemen. Were you guys ahead of the curve or behind the curve when it came to blooming? You you just described yourself as a late bloomer. So, like, was everybody already shaving their legs and armpits and putting in tampons who knows where before you guys got around to it? I think I was, I mean, I was very behind and I was like also just scared of everything. So like, I w- even though I was like, oh, you should probably try these things. I was just too scared. Like I really thought if I shaved my legs, I would bleed out in the shower. Like I just didn't see how it was possible I would get it right. So I just like waited. Yeah, I, I felt like that too. I was kind of a late bloomer and I just didn't want to do any of that stuff. And then like my friend once told, oh, this is bad. But my friend, she once at a party, she put salt in 7-Up. And she's like, just so you know, this is exactly what cum tastes like. What? I know. And then I was like, oh. I will never do this. <laughs> <laughs> How much salt? A, lo- a lot of salt. Ugh, horrible. Who but try it. It's a fun DIY project. Carbonated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a carbonated lemon lime salty drink. <laughs> Kind of seems like the ingredients for a gas station margarita. (laughs) Add salt to the (laughs) 7-Up. In terms of um, late blooming, I know for for me, uh, the big thing was, you know, the girls who, like, who had gotten their period. It was just a constant topic of conversation. And my mom also was convinced that tampons would, like, break my hymen. Oh, Tell tell us about your menstruation woes. (laughs) I remember going to a party and I didn't have a purse. And I remember thinking, I know what I'll do. And this, I thought this was the most brilliant idea. So I, st- <laughs> I was afraid of tampons. So what I did was I stacked three pads on top of each other. <laughs> and I walked around the whole party just waddling around <laughs> in my cool tight dress and my three pad underpants. That is so much ab- absorption. <laughs> <laughs> Not that was hear the rustle. Me. Was there an audible? Yeah, yes, they're like a squeaking. <laughs> Were they side to side or one on top of the other? One on top of the other, like Princess and the Pea. Yes. <laughs> so did anyone notice? I hope not. <laughs> they didn't tell me. <laughs> oh my gosh, it still feels like such a weird stigma. Like you have yeah. to like do the pass off if you. It's like, oh yeah, do you have a tampon. It's like no, but yes. <laughs> Meet me in the bathroom. <laughs> I remember, like, just praying that people thought I was eating candy bars in there. <laughs> like, that plastic wrapping. But, like, that would be so much more sick if I was eating candy bars in the bathroom. Uh, that is at once, like, the most absurd thing and yet somehow the most relatable. Oh, I love a good bathroom snack. <laughs> Real or hypothetical. And up next... The most bizarre and completely unsolicited advice Joe Firestone has received about her appearance. And how to slay the demons that get in the way of your work. Stick around. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back. And listeners, we hope you're loving life on Valentine's Day. I mean, Caroline, you and I are like hashtag blessed, but let's be real. Life isn't all giggles with BFFs and raging career success, you know? I mean, sometimes it's not all, yes, queen, yes, queen. Some days I'm like, no, queen, no. <laughs> Thank God it's not just me. I know, but th- that right there, Caroline, is the beauty of the gal pal. Because a gal pal is your gal who's there when you are feeling no queen, when oh. you are, like, digging crumbs of donuts out of your sweatpants. Like, oh, God. She accepts you as you are. Yes. And so we're going to dive back into our conversation with Joe Firestone and Aparna Nanchurla to figure out just what makes their partnership work so damn well. I think when you first start doing comedy, a lot of your demons come out. Yeah. You know, and it's like you kind of see where your flaws are and what your problems are and what your emotional problems are. And it's like kind of nice to find somebody to work with like when you're in your, you know, 30s or whatever. And uh, (laughs) it's just like it feels it feels like very nicely balanced and like I feel like a very strong sense of trust like when we're on stage like a lot of times I'll say something and it does fall flat and I know that like no Aparna will scoop it up and like make it somehow like a clever joke it's like so it's like really nice and easy what are some of the other uh comedy demons that y'all have had to to kind of exercise Mm, I think we've both talked about how it's like Like, sometimes we feel at odds with, like, being in an industry where you are, like, I don't know, there always seems to be, like, an element of competition or it's, like, what is someone else doing? Like, are you keeping up with everyone else? And I think neither of us sort of, like, gravitate toward that sort of thing naturally. So we prefer to just, like, create stuff without having this, like, expectation of, like, being the best all the time. Yes, I agree. I personally struggle with, like, just not liking what I, like, not really loving myself and just kind of getting really down on myself. And it's hard when you're like, well, your only job is to feel comfortable enough with yourself to make jokes. (laughs) And then it's like, well, but what if you can't do the first part? How do you manage that when maybe one or the other is having a bad time or a bad day? Yeah, there was, like, that show we did the uh, the last time we did our show together. Oh, yeah. And where both of us had had, like, terrible nights. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I had, like, almost shit my pants twice. And <laughs> a part of it had just come from a really rough show. Oh, and, yeah. And there was, like, we were both just kind of, it looked like we'd both been through the ringer a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, this, and a comic said that Yeah, a comic was like, what have you guys been through? You both look, like, just so <laughs> shabby and sad. <laughs> but then... <laughs> It was, like, so nice to do this show together and just to kind of, like, we were both a little bit on the angrier side. And, like, yeah. it kind of just, and it felt, like, so nice to be on stage. Whereas, like, if I had just had a, just, like, a stand-up set after that, I would have been, like, ah! <laughs> yeah. 
and both of us seek out mental health professionals, you know, so it's <laughs> yeah. like nobody's... We're not, yeah, yeah, relying on the other person for serious crisis yeah. counseling. Um, I'm curious, since y'all have uh, the more on-camera work that y'all have done in your careers and seeing yourself on screen, whether that has influenced your, I don't know, your beauty self-esteem or anything like that, what kind of what kind of beauty relationship that has led to? Well, every time I do, like, an on-camera thing, I'm always like, well, maybe they'll just, like, erase my face a little bit and make it actually attractive because, like, you only see attractive people on TV for the most part. So I'm like, well, they got to figure out. There must be a secret. But then it turns out every, it's just mostly attractive people on TV. Like, you just find out that that's true. And then it's like, oh, no. And then by comparison, you're like, no. So I think it makes me feel worse, maybe. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to not compare yourself, but I think I just like I don't know. I think it's something about maybe just being at peace with what I look like where it's like I I know I have things I don't like about my appearance, but I don't I guess I'm not I'm like I feel like if I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get plastic surgery," like it would never end. I feel like my list could go on and on. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, well, I mean, let's start with these 10 things and then if we have enough money, we go into the rest." <laughs> I don't know. I think there is something very unhealthy in that that in the way I approach that kind of thing, but it it is like so fun to perform and yeah. so fun to like do these TV things and so fun to do that kind of thing, but at the same time it's like I think that kind of the stuff that's been with you your whole life doesn't go away. What was the last uh, unsolicited beauty advice that you received? A lot of times when I'm on a show and there's comments on the YouTube, a lot of the comments will be, uh, I think that girl has something in her neck. I think she needs to get it checked out. In your <laughs> neck? Yes, almost always. Like a goiter? Yeah, I think I might have a goiter. And so it's pointed <laughs> out by at least 12 people every time I'm on TV, uh, people are like, what's wrong with that girl's neck? Um, so I guess that's kind of a beauty advice thing. Someone actually reached out to the Tonight Show ticketing email, and they were like, can you tell that girl that does those bits uh, that she's got something in her neck? <laughs> people leave links, so I kind of know what it could be, so I'm not too worried. <laughs> but I think most of my beauty tips are like, get that thing out of your neck or, you know, <laughs> whatever's in there, get it out, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Given all of the expectations that are on us, like, together as women as a whole, but also as y'all, on y'all as performers, how do you get out of your own way to just make the damn thing? Because I know, like, personally, Kristen and I have been working on, like, churning out a whole bunch of stuff this year. We're working on a lot of different projects, but we both struggle with anxiety all the time. So, like, how do you guys have any advice? Like, how do you just get out of your way to do it? Um, I always find it helps to confide in another person. Sometimes that might be a professional, like a therapist. But um, but I find that if I stay in my own head, I usually end up being more self-destructive than if I maybe just tell someone or do something to get myself out of my own way, like whether that's like, you know, exercise or, you know, do a mindfulness thing or something where it's like, I think the dwelling is what gets me in trouble. Yeah, I think what I like to do when I'm in those situations where I feel kind of stuck, or I feel kind of trapped by my own brain, I think I try to think about like what I can do. 
like sometimes with like projects, I'm like, well, like I want to make a video project, but oh, I don't know anyone that does video and I, I don't know how to work cameras and I, I don't have the money to get a new computer program. And I don't have, the, and it was like, I just kind of get bogged down with that stuff. And so it's like, I think about like what I could do in the moment. And that usually helps when it's like, oh, well, you might not be able to do the camera thing if you're that overwhelmed by it, but like, okay, I could probably put up like a live show. I could probably like write down what I want to do. And like stuff like that kind of helps me get through that stuff. So what is the most unladylike thing about comedy and stand-up? I would say maybe whatever you end up doing in hotel rooms on the road. I think it's, (laughs) I've gone through some dark periods in hotel rooms on the road. You know, you're eating stuff off the floor. You're just walking around farting and stuff. You know, who knows who you're hooking up with? Who's, who's, what's happening? I'm going to say all the dudes. I don't know. Sometimes male comic energy is just uh, kind of a bummer. It's just uh, sometimes Sometimes I feel like when a show is like maybe dominated by guys or like a certain type of like maybe cis straight guy, straight white guy, there is like this weird status quo like umbrella over everything that's like unstated but it's just like it's not explicit so it's hard to say exactly what it is but it's like then if you're at a show that's like a more diverse lineup or just the crowd is like a little bit more different life experiences you're like oh it doesn't feel as constricting yeah i I feel like um the kind of bro white bro lineup always has a, a real like comedic entitlement in the air just like dudes walking on yeah just assuming you're gonna find them really fucking funny right right especially their dick jokes and like their experience should be relatable to everyone because that's what we're supposed to know or something we have one last one last little thing that we are doing on the show and it's a segment called Pep Talks. Very straightforward. <laughs> and we were wondering what pep talk y'all would give to your younger selves, to young Aparna and Joe. I think it would make me say that it it doesn't... Um, I thought you were going to say it doesn't get better. <laughs> it doesn't get better. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> okay, dear younger Joe, I would say that um, you should probably... Start off with a cooler nickname, because if you just tell people that that's your nickname, then they'll start calling you that. So, like, Steakhouse or, like, Lightbulb. If you just tell people that's your name, they will believe it. Also, I think that I would um, le- I would try investing earlier. Try investing earlier. Save money. And also... Anything that you're working on doesn't really matter. It's not worth getting so upset about. Well, what about you, Aparna? What would your dear young Aparna pep talk sound like? I think I would just say it's okay if you're a quiet weirdo. And it's okay if you stay a quiet weirdo. And that's it, probably. That's really good. Well, y'all, thank you so much for uh, talking to us. Of course. Yeah, y'all are great. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. Oh, 
Caroline, I cannot think of a better pair of gal pals to have talked to today. I know. They are wonderful. Yeah, and uh, I'm just going to say, I can't wait for the day when Joe takes over The Late Show. Steal it from (laughs) Fallon. Go for it. Aparna, you're on there too. I'm waiting. Tag team it. And Caroline, the Galentine's fun is not over because we still have one more gal pal to go, as promised. Right, and if you liked the pep talks that Joe and Aparna gave... You're going to love the amazing sage advice that our resident unladylike grandma, Rosalind Koo, has for y'all. Stick around. You are listening to Unladylike, the show that finds out what happens when women break the rule. Okay, y'all, we're back. And before we get into our next segment, Caroline, one of our missions on Unladylike is to bring more perspectives to the table. Uh, Talk to people beyond, you know, just other ladies who look like us, ladies who are our age and from the same background. And part of that, too, is talking to women who are older than us, which brings us to, of course, our resident grandma. My name is uh, Rosalind Koo. And I'm in my 90s. Caroline, can you tell me a little bit about why Roz? Well, Roz really caught my attention when she was featured on the podcast Maven America. And she really just like blew me away as this funny, accomplished, brilliant woman. She grew up in China during the Sino-Japanese War. She came to the U.S. to study and ended up staying as a refugee. And now we're lucky enough that Roz is going to be our resident grandma. And she's going to be popping up on Unladylike every now and again, answering your advice questions, all those amazing questions that y'all have emailed us. And uh, Roz isn't the only one who's going to be taking a whack at those advice questions on the other end of the age spectrum. I've been talking to Courtney, who's uh, kind of the 10-year-old version of Roz, but not really. (laughs) But uh, she's equally brilliant, hilarious, and funny. But we're going to talk to Courtney with Ask a Girl another day. Yeah, so without further ado, let's get into it. Let's meet Roz. Well, Rosalind, would you call yourself mm-hmm. unladylike? Unladylike. Yeah, I don't listen to other people. You know, who do you think you are? Especially when people say no to me. Anytime you say no, then it's a challenge for me. I must overcome you. So being a grandmother, though, is like the furthest thing from being your most defining feature. There's, you obviously have a lot of other facets uh, that's to co- you. Correct. How do you define yourself? I define myself as an individual. Being grandmother, being mother, it's a sideline. It's not my main focus. I, I, I made the decision I should get married and have kids, have no more than two. That's it. And I would uh, be going out to work. Well, so what are some of the benefits of age, in your opinion? It's called confidence. You gain, you gain the confidence. You work like a dog, but you gain confidence. All right, Rosalind. Well, I am going to pitch a few of our listener advice requests at you. So let's get started. We just we want your wisdom and your perspective and and whatever advice you have to share with these folks. These are these are real questions okay. from real people. Okay. This question comes from an anonymous listener who wants to know. Mm-hmm. 
I'm a feminist and I want to live my values, but I'm undecided about whether to take my husband's name when we get married. What should I do? I think it's between you and the husband. But what I caution you is make sure it's not just form, appearance, that it has substance. Let me say this. The substance is you feel equal. Now, in my case, that's the only concession I made to my husband, take his name. Because at that time, we were applying for refugee status. So I didn't have the luxury of choosing my name. But as I say, form versus substance. Uh, Let's see. Okay. This is another one from a friend of mine. She says, one of my best friends is a dazzling gem of a girl with everything going for her except her legitimately bad taste in men. She knows she's got bad taste in men, but when we try to help her or give advice, she just doesn't really take it. And it's hard when she won't listen. What should I do? Nothing you can do. Because she made the decision. And so if she doesn't listen to you, that means she makes her own decision. And there's very little you can do except to be there for her when she needs it. I mean, this is what friendship is all about, loyalty. So how should this question asker deal with the frustration that she might feel of, hey, I've given you advice a hundred times. You keep asking for advice and then keep doing the same thing. Is there a way to grapple with that frustration that, that, you know, this person might feel? Always talk to her some more, but don't get so critical, okay? If after Mm -hmm. 10 times she doesn't hear, that means something else is not right with her. Find out what is not right. I know I've been on both sides of the issue before. You cannot will somebody to your point of view. And so you, you just have to back off a little bit. Okay, for our next question, one of our listeners who is anonymous wants to know how much she should spend on skincare to ward off signs of aging. She just dropped about 200 bucks in one pass. And like, how much should she care about that stuff? If you want to look pretty, then the sky is the limit. I wouldn't even talk about $200. I would not put a limit. I'll take a Botox. What would you tell her about her concern about aging physically and looking older? Uh, We all have to deal with that, don't we? It's how you feel about yourself. Rather than getting hung up on aging or lack of beauty, why don't you focus on something else? I never had that concern, yeah. Do you feel like people are more focused on, like, their appearance and that whole aging thing than they used to be, or is this just, like, forever? I think it's forever, right? Look at the cosmetics. Oh, like, from China, you have a jar of uh, pearl powder, real pearl ground to powder, make into cream to keep your skin moist, right? And very shiny. There's no limit, I'll just coat myself in gold. Yeah. I feel like that. And that'll I, at least be distracting. I think that's toxic, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's all we've got for today, Roz. Thank you so much for answering all of these questions. It's fun talking to you. You too. I appreciate it so much. And I hope we get to talk again pretty soon. Okay. Sure thing. Bye. All of that was such solid advice. I am so glad that we got to talk to Roslyn. Yeah. And next time, we'll be asking a girl with our preteen resident advice gal, Courtney. Y'all are going to love her. I'm at the very first part of that emotional roller coaster. Like, my temper is right close to the surface at all times. Yeah. So start sending in your questions because this girl knows what's up. Seriously, we want y'all to send in your advice questions. Email us at hello at unladylike.co or call our hotline at 262-8-GAL-PAL. And don't forget to leave your name, city, and your question for Courtney or for Roz. It might wind up on a future episode of Unladylike. And keep up with what's popping in the Unladylike spheres of the internet by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Unladylike Media. And hey, you can get actually good news about women in the world every week by subscribing to our newsletter. You can sign up on our website or click the link in the episode description of this show. And to hear the show without ads and get exclusive bonus content, sign up for Stitcher Premium at stitcherpremium.com slash unladylike. Claire Rollinson produced this episode of Unladylike. Abigail Keel is our senior producer. Mixing and sound design is by Casey Holford. And Julie Subrin is our editor. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Radelet. Special thanks to Andy Christens, Audrey Dilling, and Peter Clowney. And we are your hosts, Caroline Irvin. And Kristen Conger. Next week on Unladylike, we're getting witchy. And we're investigating what it means for women when magic goes mainstream. Now I'm starting to do rituals and love ceremonies in insane, wild, underground Brooklyn warehouse parties. Make sure you subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss it. And remember, got a problem? Get unladylike. Have either of y'all ever tried a um, tried a menstrual cup? Yeah, I think I tried it once, and I just made such a mess. (laughs) (laughs) And then one time I couldn't find it. I didn't know where it went. It's hard, man. No. Stitcher. 